Hello, Pittsburgh. How we doing today, folks? All right, so we're in week gazillion and five of quarantine. That was about the best estimate I could do of a time span. I officially marked four months at home. Um, four months. That's four months since I've worked in a building or been to a press junket or anything. Wow, that's a hard pill to swallow. And I will tell you, looking back, I made the mistake yesterday of actually going back in my like day timer because, <laughs> you know, everybody bought a day timer for 2020 thinking it was their year. And I made the mistake of going back to the week before lockdown and looking at all the events, all of my layout, everything. And it like weighed on me heavily because I was like, well, it's been four months. Something should have happened by now. And here we are. There were record numbers today, but to talk about the numbers, like, yes, we've had record numbers this week. And then yesterday it was down again. And then today it quadrupled in number. But what happened is, is they did tests over 40 some, 36 days and there was over 4,000 tests. So it's an average rate of like 7% was the number. And a long story short. So things are going in the right direction again. We're having a lot more testing, which is good that people are actually like actively like, I'm going to go get a test and like doing it. Um, I just feel like we should be further along at four months now than we were. But... You know, comparison and time, space, continuum, that type of stuff. And Allegheny County being one of the, like, medium spots. Like, it's a medium-sized city. So, honestly, like, we could be worse by now. We could be better by now. There's, like, so many ways you could form this opinion. Anyways, long story short, you know what we do here at Bold Pittsburgh, the podcast. We're going to talk things to do this weekend. And then we have an amazing interview this week. We sat down with Jeremy from World of Media, World of Discovery Media, LLC. Um, but you're going to be like, I've never heard of them. But you will know that you've heard of Discover the Berg, which is a local blog here in, in Pittsburgh. Um, and we'll have a great interview with him later on in the podcast talking about how, um, he became a full-time serial blogger and how uh, he'll have some advice. If you just wanted to start out, we're going to talk about all of his ventures, how he used this time to pivot and work on items in, that will benefit in the long run. We've got a great interview. Jeremy and I have been friends for a few years now. Um, it started out where we would just be at the same press releases and kind of at the same stuff. And we would talk online a couple times and it grew into, he taught me some SEO. He took a look at the back end of Bold, taught me some SEO. We sat down for coffee and ever since then, we, we've, up until four months ago, we were hanging out, uh, you know, pretty regularly. We'd go to dinner, shoot the same videos, kind of like do the same. We, we just worked a lot. Um, if one of us had a story come in, the other one would invite each other. Or if we just 
purely was like, oh, there's a great new place opening. We would go together. Um, one of the most memorable ones was recently two times we went to one was uh, right before Halloween. We went to um, Tales of the Crypt in Southside to see that pop-up bar, um, and we had a blast. We had so much fun because the second we sat down and ordered a round of drinks, um, the owner had sent over a round of shots. So it was nice because we got, you know, we spent a lot of time talking, and we have a lot of the same goals and plans. And so he's just doubled the time spent in the blogger sphere that I have. So... He's a very sage knowledge of blogging and the whole search engine optimization. He's just so smart about it. So we've really hit it off over the last few years that we've been friends. So it's been really great. We had a great interview. We'll put that on in a little bit. So let's start off with major news. Of course, we are still at no indoor dining. A lot of places have moved to outdoor dining, which... Um, I will have to say Penn Avenue looks great. I actually like what it looks like. Um, I know that's so bad to say, but I barely drive downtown. Okay, I barely drive downtown. I take a trolley in. I live on a trolley line. I enjoy the trolley. If you have followed Bold throughout this entire time, you know that the trolley is it for us. We always feel like it's a safe way for us to get to and from home. There was only one time that we were ever stranded and that was when the train derailment happened. And I happened to drive that day because we had about three events to get to and two of them were in Lawrenceville and one of them was downtown. And I said, well, I'll just drive. We'll have to just bite the bullet and pay for parking. Um, but other than that, always been reliable, always been amazing. I'm a trolley person as it is. So for you to block off streets for me, um, it's not a big deal. If it means I get to eat outside, I would rather have that. Um, as far as the bike lanes are concerned, they're moved over. So literally like the bike symbol is still on the road. It's just moved over where the barriers are and the tables are. So, and some of the streets are closed now to traffic. You just have to reroute yourself and go around it. Um, which is great because I will tell you downtown isn't busy. I live near a park and ride, um, and there's about five cars there a day, where it's usually full by 9 a.m. Um, so yes, check out some outdoor dining this weekend. It's supposed to be gorgeous and sunny and lovely out. Please practice social distancing, and please wear your mask, because not only are you protecting yourself, but you're protecting others around you and you're protecting your server. So that person who is going to work without any, you know, thought in their head, you're protecting them. So there are many places to eat. Um, I can recommend, uh, there are so many that are reopening and a lot of them are still doing takeout. Um, so like station, amazing, been following what they're doing. They have these amazing meals that you can pick up and take home. Cocktails to go are huge right now. Um, we recently this week picked up the Warren. We picked up two cheeseburger, or I picked up a cheeseburger. Steve picked up a Italian hoagie, and we both had a cocktail. It was delicious. It was amazing. We had a lot of fun. 
We brought it home. It was easy peasy. I also grabbed a bottle of wine because we all know how I feel about bottles of wine and supporting our local restaurant. Um, lots of outdoor dining is like, so just pick one of your favorites, set a reservation and go out and enjoy yourself. But again, social distancing, wear a mask. Um, other things to do, the zoo and the museums are still doing time tickets. So I recommend them. FIPS also, they're doing time tickets, wear a mask. They are requiring you to wear a mask throughout the entire museums and throughout the entire zoo and throughout the entire FIPS. So please hold true to that because that would be really bad if you ruined it for everybody else. Um, so yeah, those would be great options this weekend. It's going to be nice and sunny and you can check out their websites on reserving those tickets and those time slots to go. Um, other than that, there isn't too much other stuff going on. This is very tough time. There's not too many things to kind of like talk about. Um, typically by now we would be talking about the regatta if it made a fun, if it made a comeback and well, we would have just been coming off the regatta cause it's July 4th weekend, but we would have been talking about some other stuff going on. Um, some food festivals and things like that. So it's very tough right now to talk about anything to do. Um, plenty of places to go hiking and camping. Please, if you have ever wanted to go camping, now is the time. Like, what a better chance to social distance yourself. There are a ton of resources on how to cook online. And we just released, kind of catapulting into what's on the blog this week, we just released a packing list for camping on our, in our camping section. We also have how to make your own fire starters. And I actually used one of these fire starters just the other night. We decided that we were going to use our fire pit for the very first time. We then went out, we put in one of the fire starters, lit it on fire, put a couple sticks on top of it. And it was, it burned forever. And we, it was just so nice. So it was very easy to start very easy to use. They are very easy to make. You just need an old candle and some brown paper bags like you get from Trader Joe's or Whole Foods and an egg carton. And I used a wine carton actually on the one that we photographed. So check that out. Also on the blog this week, we have a new book called Little Lucy. This book is amazing. It is to help aid kids in discussing about big feelings of anxiety and nervousness. So anxiety can strike any age and it can, it discusses it in the form of how little kids think that there's butterflies in the stomach and they're nervous and they're scared and they don't like that, fe that feeling that people are going to laugh at them and things like that and how to discuss it with grownups. It's normalizing it, it's normalizing talking about the struggles of anxiety and it's written for children, big, beautiful illustrations inside of it. It is wonderful. They are doing pre-orders now. So make sure you head to our website, boldpgh.com and click through and it's called little Lucy and order it now. It's great and it's local. So the author has written other books before about anxiety um, and her own story of how she had crippling anxiety for years and how she 
overcame it and how she still works on it on a daily basis. She's truly inspiring. She turns uh, her she turned it into a speaking business to where she goes to local high schools and talks to high schoolers about how to deal with it. So it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Um, also on the blog we have the guide to Wiggle Whiskey. Um, you know they're my favorites. We've been working with them for years. Totally love them. I've spent so much time there. Um, at all of the, all of the venues. Um, Threadbare is doing pickup for pizza right now and their outside patio is open. So, you know, Threadbare cider is very delicious. But we have the ultimate guide up there right now. Um, the events aren't updated. I will update them by this weekend. They are typically just takeout now is what's going on. Um, and we'll cross our fingers that the museum will be reopening shortly if dine-in is allowed to start up again. So now we're going to turn to our interview this week. Again, our interview this week is with Jeremy from World of Discovery Media, um, best known in Pittsburgh for Discover the Berg. Um, he also runs a few other blogs and... Uh, Basically, we talk a lot about new media and how this has affected new media, how it has affected everybody across the board, and what we're what he kind of does for it now. So we're going to pivot over into that. You'll get the pivot joke in a minute. And then that's, we'll wrap it up. Enjoy. Okay, listeners, so like I said earlier, we have a wonderful interview today with the owner of World of Discovery Media and serial blogger, Jeremy Jones. Um, you may know him best from local blog, Discover the Berg, but he also is a, has five blogs total, so we'll be talking about that. Jeremy, how's it going today? Good, good. How are you doing? Wonderful, you know, best that can be expected right now, right? Yeah, you know, same. I'm inside my house looking outside at how pretty it is, and I can't go out. <laughs> All right, so I just have a couple questions to kick it off. Like, so you're currently running five blogs, and we'll get to the three new ones um, in a couple minutes here, but. How has quarantine affected it? I mean, everyone is talking about print media and the layoffs and things like that, but no one has asked about how new media is affected. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. Um, well, so my original two blogs, um, you know, you introduced the, the Pittsburgh blog. Uh, I also have a travel blog, and I kind of view both of those as just generally travel blogs. And, of course, travel is essentially non-existent anymore. So we were hit really hard with the coronavirus um, just by traffic went down. Um, ad advertising went down across the board. No one's making any purchases. So our income went pretty much to zero, and our traffic um, dropped considerably. Um, so that's that was about March, April. Um, thankfully, things are you know kind of opening back up and we're having a new normal, at least locally. So our Pittsburgh site's kind of bouncing back. Um, so that's giving us a little bit of hope. But with the many months trapped inside, we decided to 
take that time to start new projects that would maybe grow and pay off, you know, a year or two down the road. So, you know, we're trying to diversify a bit more. Um, and it's something we're seeing kind of across the board with new media that if you only have one site and one market, all your eggs are in one basket. So a lot of, say, travel bloggers are opening up food blogs. Um, so that's two of our new sites are food blogs, um, just because it's something that we can work on and do even when we're stuck at home. Um, so I, I think the key word we're seeing right now across new media is pivot, um, and we're doing the same. I think we've joked about that so much in the past with like the 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 Ross gif of like pivot from Friends because mm-hmm. I feel like that is absolutely everybody who runs any type of business is feeling during the last four months, but definitely in new media. Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, I think new media at least has a little bit of a benefit over traditional media in that we're, you know, one-employee businesses. So the amount of revenue we need to bring in to survive um, is less of a problem, per se, compared to, like, say, a magazine that might have 15 or 20 employees. Um, They're the ones that are really unfortunately hurting right now um, just because ad revenues drop so much but you know, a, a one employee company can at least be a bit more flexible in times of crisis like this that's true so one of the projects that you launched was a newsletter um, slash blog kind of the newsletter is more the focus um, but it's exclusively for bloggers can you uh, tell me a little bit about it sure yeah um, I launched a, a blogging newsletter called This Week in Blogging uh, with a colleague of mine from uh, Toronto, and it's essentially a weekly news roundup for bloggers who want to just keep their finger on the pulse of what's going on in the world of um, you know, blogging. And, you know, we call it a blogging newsletter, but it's actually, it actually has content for anyone that's working in new media. We talk about social media, we talk about, you know, writing and freelancing, and, you know, we, we take whatever the news is of the previous week, curate it in a free newsletter send it out, and then um, the blog component is we also create uh, feature-length articles on tips and advice. Um, I've been working on blogging for about 12 years now, so I have a lot of recommendations that I throw out there. We do giveaways for services and products and stuff. And it's, uh, we launched it about six weeks ago. I think our sixth six week went out this morning, so it's been a lot of fun. I definitely read this morning's, and I entered the contest, um, and I loved the niche, um, the niche article um, from the about niche blogging because I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I, I like writing those articles a lot, and you know, one of the things that you saw on our newsletter is every week we have a main story that we find a piece of news. It's kind of like last week tonight with John Oliver. We find a piece of news and then we do a story about it. And then we have a industry expert, um, either a business or a top blogger or something from around the world, give their insight and feedback. So we, we want to just try and provide as much value as we can. That's awesome. As quickly as possible. That's awesome. So you took the time to also do, in addition to the newsletter and blog, you also launched two other blogs. So this made you really, like you joked earlier that you're, we joked that you're a serial blogger now. Um, so tell me about the two new ones that were launched during this time. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, the, we talked about pivoting before and, um, I had all my eggs in the travel basket, and I was just afraid that travel might not come back anytime soon. Um, So I wanted to get into something that was a bit outside of 
try to travel and hobbies that my wife and I enjoy. And the two new blogs that we came up with are uh, a coffee blog called Doctor of Coffee, which is, I guess it's technically my wife's blog. She does coffee experiments at home and keeps a journal about it. So we decided we're already going to do all the work. We might as well put it in blog form. Um, so she writes most of the articles, but I do all the back end, like technical blogging stuff. And then the other blog is kind of a food and travel hybrid type blog, but it's called The Great Pursuit. And we gave ourselves the idea of doing a quest. We're going on a quest to try every wine varietal in the world. And we found out there's over 1,300 different grapes out there. So the idea of that blog is, you know, taste wine and white wine reviews. Because we're stuck at home and that's about all we can do right now is drink wine. So that's a fun project that's going to be probably multiple decades in the making from here until the end of time. But, um, but we started most of those because they're more in the food food and beverage market and is a good way to get outside of travel. Um, I'm sure people have seen memes floating around on social media about how different industries have changed as, the, as a result of the coronavirus. And it was like, I, I saw one that was like a graph of popularity over time. And then it showed travel just tanking to zero on like an XY chart. And then toilet paper shot up. And then at the very, very top was like alcohol and coffee, just straight lined across the top. And we're like, well, if there's any recession-proof industry, it's pr- probably alcohol and coffee. So we like those as hobbies, so we figured we'd start blogs on those. I, yeah, I, I've enjoyed both of them over this um, time. I, I love coffee and uh, wine. They're like two of my things that I pretty much so have on a daily basis almost. Um, I try not the wine so much. That's every, maybe every other day, but definitely coffee every day. We're getting there on the wine. <laughs> I'm getting there slowly, but surely at least one glass a day. Um, but um, it's really funny because I worked in coffee for 12 years. I worked for Starbucks and not too many people understand that the underlying of Starbucks, like they think it's all like frou-frou frappuccinos and these big expensive coffee drinks, but there's actually like classes you have to go to about like growing origins and what does fair trade coffee mean and like, um, the history of it and how like these, there's like, there's like a whole like... I studied for three months just on the economy of India and how, like, Indonesian economy is based on the island of Sumatra just on coffee beans. Oh, yeah. Like, it's It's, huge. It's It's huge. Like, not too many people realize that. And I like the idea of experimenting because it's not just, like, put the grinds in and pour the coffee (laughs) type of thing. Right. We, We actually like that idea for experimenting with coffee at home because we were both engineers. So it's kind of right up our alley just to do tests and tinker with things. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And some days when, when Angie's off, you know, off, off her day job, I'll just catch her watching YouTube videos on coffee for hours. That's and, really neat. Yeah, it, you're, you're not kidding with the, the wealth of information that's out there purely from a knowledge standpoint. It's really neat. And and wine is so fascinating. I come from a very thick wine family. Um so it's very fascinating to me that there's that many varietals of grapes that are going into this. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of them don't get commercialized, so it's going to be hard to find the bottles. We're probably going to have to 
five years from now when it's safe to get on a plane again, you know, fly over to Georgia and Armenia, places that are really big into, like, not mass-produced grapes. But that'll be the fun part of the project. You know, that one specifically, we were buying wine just to drink at home, and it's like, well, if we want to try new varietals, it gives us direction on, you know, looking for new bottles to try as opposed to just drinking the same bottles that we love over and over again. That's neato. And do you do you traditionally find that you're finding them through like the PA Wine and Spirits, or do you reaching out to like other companies? Um, so I'm not a fan of PA Wine and Spirits right now because of how they really reduced your ordering potential during all of this. True story. Um, <laughs> yeah, we actually bought a subscription on Wine.com is like one of the largest line online retailers yeah it was like I, I, I might be wrong on the dollar amount but it was like 50 or 60 bucks for a year membership that includes free shipping so we just have been ordering wine from them oh that's um, fascinating for like yeah and then one of the one of the things i want to do on the blog is review like wine clubs um a lot of them have affiliate programs where we make a sale we get a commission and i just ordered my first one that should get delivered next week oh well they, i'll look forward to that <laughs> yeah and they specifically advertise that they include um obscure grape varietals so in that shipment we're going to get like four grapes we've never had before so it'll be a fun like addition to our project oh i'll definitely look forward to that one and finding out what company that is because i th- i think i tried like two or three myself over this last four months just to cut because it was different promos like hey we'll throw in two free bottles if you order off of us so i tried two or three over this four month period and i just still was like okay <laughs> yeah I, the one that we're doing i i researched their past shipments pretty well and like looked up average reviews and it seems like they have decent wine so you know, yeah. always a gamble to do a wine club when you get wine shipments but that's so part of this whole thing you took this time also to turn your camera like inward and giving a glimpse of your life at home basically do you feel like that you're going to continue when like the travel stuff takes off again like are you still gonna like turn that camera inward and kind of show more of your life um i think so i mean i think one of the struggles that i've had blogging is you know trying to do the whole promotion of ourselves you know we're really heavy promoting our topics but we don't do a lot of introspection on our sites um it's very rare that you see photos of us you know we we prefer to talk about the destination of the restaurant so i I think it's actually been pretty well received so i I think we'll probably keep things going over time um you know part of it now has been a necessity the the photos that we share on say our pittsburgh blogs instagram um everyone's probably seen our kitchen counter 30, 40 times just because that's the only place I can put food that we get takeaway from. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a mix. Um, I hope that I hope to keep a little bit more of the personal touches moving forward. And, um, so while we're on the topic of storytelling, what is the craziest thing you ever wrote about? Um, so that, that is a very easy one. Um, when, for our travel blog, um, a lot of people don't know it, but uh, Angie and I took a year and a half off and traveled all around the world. Um, this was about six, seven years ago now. And one time we were in Colombia, in South America, and we, we crossed the border from Ecuador to Colombia, and we're in a border town. 
know, they don't recommend taking buses at night um, there specifically. Sometimes it can be a little dangerous. So we stayed overnight in the border town, and Angie found this hotel to stay at that had decent reviews. And when we got there, we found out that it was a sex hotel. Um, so we stayed overnight at the sex hotel, and it was about as um, unsettling as you can imagine. And we wrote an article about that on Living the Dream, which is still up there. It's really funny. It's called The Time Angie Made Me Stay at a Sex Hotel. That's hilarious. I I think that's really funny. I that's that's really that's that is wild. That is kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, thankfully, by the time it was nighttime, it was pretty calm at the hotel, so it wasn't you know as horrible as it sounds. But yeah, it was a fun story. I just picture all those eighty the hotels in the eighty movies that have like the woman that's at the front desk with like the one shouldered t shirt, like hi. <laughs> oh, it wasn't quite that bad. Like it actually felt a bit more like a modern ish hotel, but like we definitely didn't notice anything until we were in our room and started hearing noises. Oh my. So, also, yeah. recently, like, recently, like, uh, I guess you just celebrated your one-year anniversary of it. You went full-time into blogging and media, correct? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's correct. Actually, next month will be two, two years. Oh, so next year will be two years. Wow. I'm just thinking back, like, we've been, yeah. we've been friends and kind of, like, like bouncing ideas and, and stuff off of each other for a few years now then, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, um... Yeah, August is two years already. So, any advice for bloggers or new media creators, content creators that are just like starting out or even in their five, six year stride that just are like, oh my God, exhausted? Like, what do you have any like sage advice that you've learned over the last like 12 years you've been doing this? Um, yeah, I think. You know, earlier we were talking and you said you read our newsletter and mentioned the, the niche blogging topic article. Um, I think for new bloggers, it's very key to have a topic that you own. Um, and, and I'm not saying, like, being the best wine blogger on the planet. Um, I, I think that's hard, hard to do. Um, I, I think that the, the problem a lot of people see with blogging is that it, it's a pretty saturated market at this point, but there's still a lot of ways that you can get a topic that you can still kind of be unique in. Um, if I would have just started, say, a general wine blog, I probably would be the 500th wine blog out there. Um, and being the 500th to do anything is kind of setting you up at the wrong, you know, setting you up to fail almost. Um, it's really hard to overcome, you know, that depth of, uh, competition out there, but when we looked at, like, say, our wine blog with the angle of trying every unique wine varietal out there, um, we are the only ones blogging on that, on that specific angle. So I like to tell people who are starting new blogs to try and to do a lot of research, first of all, to see what competition's out there, but to think of topics in a way that makes you the only voice on that very specific angle in your corner of the internet. Um, that's, that's probably my biggest piece of advice that I like to give out to people who are starting out. Um, you know, from there, I would say that for general advice, a lot of people don't understand how much work goes into blogging. 
kind of makes it sound easy, but I've kind of got my process down to uh, streamlined science that took 12 years to get there. And I work maybe 40 to 60 hours a week just on my websites right now. Um, you know, people see us going out to a restaurant, taking photos, doing social media, writing articles, but people don't tend to think about the fact that we do search engine optimization on the back end. Uh, I had to learn computer programming, like HTML coding. Um, I do all the maintenance on our websites, marketing. Um, bloggers tend to wear eight to 12 different hats. Um, you know, we do all the work that, say, a local magazine or newspaper does, but as one person. So it, it can be overwhelming, the number of things that you have to think about that you might not be aware of otherwise. Um, so in that respect, another piece of advice that I like to give people is that, you know, I, you know saying all that, I, I think that the, the, the stuff that you see on a blog is maybe only 5 or 10% of what we do in the background. And what I recommend for potential bloggers out there would be to plan to invest in advertising. Um, it's very hard to get your content in front of its intended audience without paying to boost a post on Facebook, uh, advertise for likes on a Facebook page, boost pins on Pinterest. Um, there's a number of advertising options out there that essentially help get your content in front of the right people. Um, and these can be tested for as little as a dollar a day. Um, but I like to think that if you're willing to invest, say, $100 a month in advertising, you're going to come out leaps and bounds ahead of um, competition who, who might not advertise at all. So that's, that's another piece of advice that I like to tell people. We started out with our Pittsburgh blog advertising a dollar a day on Facebook just to test uh, you know, audience criteria. Um, and then once we found what worked, we bumped it up to three, four, five. $10 a day, and then over time that built up an audience that turned into organic reach where we would get, the, you know, we have the readers that want to follow us, and then we could pull back on advertising. And I don't think we would have had the growth we did if we had not done any of that. So I, I highly recommend allocating a bit of money to market your content. That's that's actually like ingenious advice because I know a lot of people who they put up that one post and then they kind of go, okay, look at me. And hey, while you're looking at me, tap that heart. And while you're tapping that heart, like tap the profile and give me a, a follow. And then like, no, there's no numbers. Like, so I think that's very good advice. Definitely. Yeah. And it, it's a slow build over time. You know, it's frustrating at first. It tends to take a couple of years for most blogs to grow even with marketing. Um, but it, it's something that you have to kind of be very consistent with and you know, do a lot of testing to figure out what works. Um, you know, for our food blogs, we're targeting Pinterest right now and doing Pinterest ads, and we're getting clicks to our website for $0.10. Cents. Um, on our Pittsburgh blog on Facebook, we were getting clicks to our website for like $0.04 cents and subscribers for $0.06, cents, um, which I think are exceptionally low rates. Um, but there's a lot of opportunity out there, I think, Pinterest right now is doing a referral where if someone refers you to starting ads on Pinterest after you pay $30, you get $100 in free advertising credit, um, which I think is wonderful, especially with our food-oriented blogs because Pinterest does so well on food. So there's, there's a lot of opportunities out there, and I think anyone that's in the blogging should really try everything they possibly can. 
That's awesome. Well, thank you for such great advice and thank you for joining me today um, and kind of letting us see what the life is like with serial blogging and kind of um, how much you've been working during this time and everything else. So I appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us today. I know I look, (laughs) and I look forward to us having dinner together whenever we're able to again. Oh yes. We need many drinks and a lot of food. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again, Jeremy. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, folks. And that was our interview with Jeremy from world of discovery media and discover the Berg and lots of other blogs. Hopefully you got to write all those down. If not, we're going to have them in the show notes to make sure. Hey, if you have a restaurant, a brewery, a bar, a story you want us to cover on this podcast, or if you would like to be on it just to have an interview and discuss what you do, please send us over an email. Um, You can reach us through the website. Again, that's boldpgh.com or boldpittsburgh at gmail.com is the easiest email to reach us at. Any type of story will do. We kind of have some new stuff coming down. We'll be having some stuff in the next few weeks. Oh, we've got gardening coming up. We've got um, buying a new home. We've got a couple different things coming down the line. So join us in the next few weeks um, and we'll see you soon. Be bold.